0: You're listening to Fun Shack. I'm Ross Butler, and today I'm speaking with Yaron Vala, a founder at Target Global, a venture capital firm with offices in London, Berlin, Barcelona, Tel Aviv, and elsewhere. Founded in 2015, the firm has invested in 15 unicorns, had 21 exits, and seven IPOs. Yaron has been a successful entrepreneur. He's invested in dozens of companies. He's had several billion euro exits. And before venture capital, he was part of the team at Intel that developed the Pentium processor. Yaron, welcome to Fun Shack. I don't like talking about uh, themes that everyone else is talking about because I tend to feel like the value is elsewhere, but that's not always the case. And I think it might not be the case with AI. There's a lot of hype around it, but that could be for a good reason. What's your view on on AI? First of all, thank you for having me. It's uh, great to be here. Uh,
1: I, I, I think that like any uh, paradigm shift or any revolution, uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, there is a lot of substance, and then there is a lot of hot air. Uh, and over the next few years, we're we're going to separate the hot air from the substance. The advances of AI, uh, in AI are, are are staggering, right? It's uh, it's going to change anyone who's played with it, who who tried to uh, even uh, do something as simple as uh, edit an email. Uh, which is, you know, something that I did last night, Uh, has seen the the impact that this can have on our lives. Uh, Anything from uh, content generation, uh, searches, uh, creation of academic content, creation of books, is something that we're seeing now, creation of artwork, so the, the impact of this revolution uh, is, is, is astounding. Yeah, I, I think that we are only scratching the surface now when we are talking about things like customer service uh, and, uh, and the classification of transactions. So things that are very trivial, relatively. Uh, we're going to start seeing AI integrated in every walk of life. Uh, I think that uh, interaction with uh, medical professionals uh, is going to change because of AI. A lot of the diagnostic procedures are going to change. Uh, I think that uh, uh, banking is going to change in a profound way. Uh, I think that industry, in some cases, when we look at the integration of uh, vision into industry, visual inspection, uh, this is going to change whole industries. You know, you mentioned the fact that I was part of the team that, uh, that uh, created the Pentium with Intel. Uh, finding faults in silicon is a huge challenge. Uh, training an AI to find these faults, training AI an AI to uh, uncover things that uh, would have taken a human uh, a very long time to uncover, especially in the resolutions that we're talking about when we're talking about semiconductors, is, uh, is going to be a major change for this industry. Uh, we can talk about the agricultural industry that's going to change uh, profoundly because of AI. So, so we're going to see, we're gonna see uh, uh, profound changes in, in, in quite a few industries, I think. Where I think that uh, there might be uh, some, or shall I be polite, over-exuberance in the market uh, is around the rails for AI. Uh, the creation of, uh, of LLMs uh, and, uh, and the number of LLMs uh, that the world uh, would actually need and the value that will be generated by these LMs, I think is the last point. Uh, I think that here we need to be careful. Uh, we need to stick to more traditional valuation methods when we when we look at this technology like we look like when we look at every technology. Uh, otherwise we are risking uh, the creation of disparity between the valuations of these companies and real value and this can lead to a crash which would be very dangerous and would impede the market.
0: Okay, you're going to have to explain the the distinction between those two things a bit a bit more for me because i understand so first of all you you outlined a fantastic range of potential applications and industries but then you said that there might be exuberance in the llm the large language model mm-hmm. domain could you could you explain what what the differences are in every industry you create rails and then you create applications on
1: these rails the applications have a very traditional ways of evaluating their potential right you look at the market potential of the application you look at the saving that it creates you look at the additional revenue that it creates and you can value uh, you can value the the the, the application uh, when you're talking about an underlying technology you need to think about which applications which unique applications it can it can generate or it can energize uh, and then you need to ask yourself, what new markets is this creating? So valuing an underlying technology is always a more complex task yeah. than valuing the application. The risk is when there is exuberance in the market mm. that you value the underlying applications incorrectly. Ah. Uh, the underlying, sorry, infrastructure incorrectly. Yeah. And when you do that, you create a risk, uh, an ongoing risk of disparity between prices and actual value. Yeah. Uh, and you you could see that in in almost every uh, bubble that we had. You can see that in the bubble that formed around Rails for Crypto. You can see that in the hype that was uh, created even around e-commerce during the dot-com boom. There is a very, very big uh, difference and therefore significant importance uh, to the the differences between the valuation uh, that these businesses garner which is affected by the fact that private markets are not always rational uh, and the the underlying value. And therefore, the need to uh, evaluate the distinction between LLMs, the applications that they uh, enable, uh, the actual markets that they open, the
0: world of acquirers uh, for these LLMs, uh, there's a need to value those very carefully. So the hierarchy of, say, uh, an AI industry, would it be a small number of LLMs upon which various applications are built. I believe so. Right. So if, if I could take like an analogy like the internet, because it's very hard for people outside of the AI industry to really understand. Everyone says huge potential, but it's hard to understand what is the potential. Um, and so, you know, 25 years ago, everyone was talking about the internet. And I guess the internet has swallowed the world, but you had, you, you've got a couple of internet giants that are clearly internet companies like Google and mm-hmm. Facebook. Mm-hmm but in another sense almost every other business is a dot com business but they just tap into it with their own with their own website now maybe this isn't a relevant analogy but let me keep going with ai will you get the situation where you will have a very small number of ai superpower companies do you think and then every other company will in a sense use ai it'll be an ai company but will, it will use it in a very vertical application specific way
1: i think that what makes this question more relevant is the amount of computing resources that are needed to deal with uh, with AI. First of all, with the creation of LLMs and, and, and then training of LLMs and then later with, with the querying and interaction with LLMs. So, so you need massive compute resources. And when you need massive compute resources, then you need someone that has a lot of infrastructure and that restricts you to a relatively low number of, of, of providers. Right. However... We are seeing that implementing localized LLMs that have specific applications doesn't require such a heavy infrastructure. Uh, I think that what we will see is slightly different than what we saw with Google, uh, where the provision of the services, or with Facebook, where the provision of the services is so um, heavy that you you end up with a relatively small number of providers. By the way, also there, I think that that this is a, a... reaction to the market and i think that had the market behaved in a certain way maybe this in the long term will also be uh, yeah. uh, something that will be disrupted i i, I think that uh, you know we're seeing a lot of developments in the data center arena that 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 will also disrupt that yes. side the infrastructure side but but let's 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 stick to 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 llms in uh, if, if for now i do see a myriad of, of companies that have uh, local instances of LLMs uh, either homegrown or adapted from things that are available, uh, that are running on their infrastructure, in, some, in in some cases even running in the edge, so running in the actual devices. Uh, especially in, you know, I mentioned semiconductors before. So even in the edge, you've got uh, uh, very, very substantial compute resources when you are uh, when you are uh, running a semiconductor design or a semiconductor fabrication operation. Uh, and therefore, I see instances of LLMs, localized instances, instances of LLMs that are being run on these, you know, on these relatively limited infrastructures. Right. So it could be more decent
0: more decentralized, yes,
1: it could be more decentralized. And then, and that, you know, is exactly the counterweight to my previous answer, because if it is indeed decentralized, then there could
0: be place for more LLMs and there could be a lot right. of value derived from these, from these smaller LLMs. And so let me go back to your first kind of statements, which was about the huge amount of potential applications. Is there an, what, what's the kind of the golden thread that runs through all of this from agriculture to medicine, to investment banking? It's not presumably just, you know, huge efficiency gains. Mm. Uh, there's, there's something else going on. What, what, what does AI actually promise to provide? Let's take an MRI. Deciphering the
1: MRI requires skill. It requires a good eye, I guess. <laughs> and if a computer, an AI could uh, identify a tumor when it's one millimeter uh, as opposed to a doctor that would identify it when it's three millimeters i guess that there is a substantial there is a substantial uh, you know yeah. substantial advantage that is created here uh, this is you know a, a relatively uh, simple to understand medical applications I and mean, medical application let's take uh, 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 something as benign and you know as as painful as taxes classifying your expenses in real time i'm talking about a business classifying your expenses in real time and adapting them to the tax legislation something you a machine needs to understand the tax legislation again it's not a complex task you're talking about a lot of data and a lot of conditional data Uh, basically an algorithm uh, that that uh, a computer is is very apt at understanding. You uh, combine that with access to your bank account, and suddenly you can get um, your 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 tax preparation work at the end of the year can become a lot easier. It can become a lot easier, if not automatic, uh, certainly more accurate. So so I, I've given you two extremes of applications, right? Two two very very different applications yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that both will have a very significant impact on our lives. I think that this is when when you are talking about AI. You're talking about mainly two things. One is pattern recognition. You know, intelligence is usually uh, uh, highly connected to pattern recognition. So AI is good at recognizing patterns. Mm. The second thing you're 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 talking about, and that's where it gets more interesting, is when the AI stops being passive and uses what it learned and use that in order to generate new stuff. Mm. Uh, I'll, I'll give you one example that is is. Is overlooked, but is, is I, I think, an incredibly powerful example. And it's something that I use AI for quite a lot. Uh, you want to, I, I want to write an email to you, and I want that email to be persuasive. I want it to be persuasive in a way that is persuasive to you, not persuasive to someone else. Uh, if an AI analyzed all of the emails between me and you for the past few years and identified the ones that you reacted to more favorably, and adapted the language of the current email that I'm sending to you, so it would fit these patterns, and therefore I could be more convincing. Uh, this is something that has tremendous value, mm. and uh, and something that you can do today, and it's something you do. Yes,
0: of course. You know, an off-the-shelf thing.
1: You know, I did some prompt engineering. I uh, I use a few a few LLMs to to do that, and uh, and and yes, I uh, you know I've. Basically asked uh, or analyzed uh, a bunch of old email communications and uh, and asked uh, and, and several times had really good results with uh, with the LLM producing a basically new email uh, that is taken from from concepts from you yeah. know from a summary a skeleton that I write yeah. uh, and, and you look at it and think and adapting I wouldn't it have and adapting it to Ross because uh, you know really? because we know that uh, or we've seen in the past
0: that Ross reacts favorably to certain things so for my sins i'm moderating a panel next week uh, it's a bunch of private equity coos mm-hmm. and the question is how can ai um, improve private equity firms investment processes you've kind of given me i mean it's much more broad than private equity no, investment
1: but is, is probably is probably the best answer right you, you try and identify patterns with entrepreneurs you're trying to identify patterns with industries it would be tricky to code it building the model for analyzing investments because this is you know maybe in, i'm i'm just processing what you're saying because in private equity maybe it's a bit more structured uh, when you come to do venture capital investments uh, there are a lot more visionary initially uh, there's there's less stuff to analyze right when when someone comes to you with an idea yeah yeah uh, you you analyze the potential of the idea
0: but does that make it more or less applicable to I think it AIG? would be less applicable. I think it would be less applicable,
1: yeah. whereas private tech would be more applicable because it's more of more a formulaic. number-driven yeah.
0: analysis. Mm. It's interesting. But but I'm sure it will disrupt the investment industry as well. Yes, but you don't use it formally, say, at Target Global for your investment screening or anything like that, just because it's so subjective. At no, we don't. We, we yeah. use it for a few
1: things, you know. Uh, again, something trivial, generating investment memorandums. You know the team writes investment memorandums, but is it the best use of the team's time to mm-hmm. uh, to to proofwrite them and to write them in a way that is you know comprehensive yeah. enough? Uh, uh, that is something that is handled. Uh, that is that is
0: a day-to-day task that uh, AI is assisting us in, but not in in investment screening. So and in terms of your role as an investor looking for exciting new companies, with AI in mind, is there any specific things that you're looking at in terms of an AI enabled company? So
1: all, all the stuff that I mentioned before, yeah. I'm looking for real world applications. Yeah. I am, I, I'm, I'm less interested in the trivial applications. You know, we mentioned customer service before, not that customer service is by any means of the imagine, by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination, an easy thing to achieve. It's just a relatively, uh, well-trodden application uh, with, with, very large companies that are doing good work in it. But uh, but I am very interested in, in, in applications that are very hard. Uh, integration of vision, uh, for example, uh, in order to affect uh, traditional industries, which I mentioned before. Uh,
0: That's a difficult thing to do, presumably.
1: It's a, to very, if it's a very difficult thing to do. You know, how do you know? You, you're looking at uh, melons on a, on, a, on a packing line. Mm. How do you know that this is a good melon, this is a bad melon? How do you know it's a melon? Yeah, how do you know it's a melon to begin with? <laughs> uh, so, uh, but, but, you know, so there are so many applications I mentioned in, in, in traditional industries mm. that affect all of our lives. I'm very interested in that. I'm very interested in what's going on in the medical world. Uh, I think that uh, this has the potential of profoundly changing our lives. And I think that, you know, uh, I, I, a lot of what I do, I do because I think it's interesting uh, and, and, and relevant for our lives. And, and, and I think in medical, you know, we're going to see amazing applications. So, so I, I, I'm, I'm much more keen on finding out where it disrupts real life. Yeah. Where technology touches, you know, touches the lives of, of, of all of us rather than, you know, when it touches a select few, because I think that you get Better applications, You get better returns like that, you know, at the end of the day, we are money managers and, yeah. and they need to create returns. And uh, and I've, I've, I've the broader the applicability of a technology is, uh, in, in some cases, not in all cases, uh, it, it holds a direct correlation to uh, returns.
0: Yeah. And this is what makes you a good early stage investor, presumably, because you've got to, you can't just come on board after there's some financial proof, you know, proof of concept you need I would to understand. So. That. I would hope so. Identifying the right teams and identifying the technology potential is is yeah. is probably a skill that you know I'm, I'm more comfortable with. Although they're two quite different things. You've got the technology, but then you've got the teams, the managers, the yeah. per, the, the personal soft side as well. Both so important, but mm. quite different. Yeah, I mm. think that a good venture capitalist is in some ways
1: a good psychologist. Right. Uh, it also has an impact on, 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 on how you work with the companies later. Mm. Uh, a lot of what I do is be a sounding board for the CEOs. So uh, you, mm. you, you, you become, I, I hope, a good judge of character and a good judge of the, the capabilities of team and the potentials of, team, of mm.
0: teams. Uh, so what kind of character trait would turn you off? Would turn me off yeah well most people would ask what would turn you on so. yeah exactly <laughs> i'm thinking
1: yeah. um, being a lightweight someone who is not serious about what they do and this is something that you can tell uh, you can tell very quickly when you talk to a person uh, i remember without mentioning the the name of the entrepreneur one of the best entrepreneurs that i had uh, uh, the pleasure of working with uh we were doing a funding round and uh, one of the VCs, one of the one of the uh, Sandhill Road VCs that they were pitching to uh, started arguing about unit economics and got to the resolution of a few cents. And then the CEO stands up, he says, no, if we do this, 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 and this, these calculations, then we see that the difference is indeed four and a half cents, but we should do this, 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 and that. And then we see that we have a surplus of whatever, 30 cents. Uh, it, it it won the meeting. It won the meeting not because it was true. I, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, such forward-looking statements, especially when you get to the resolution of cents and dollars, is are, are, are largely, uh, I'm trying to be polite, uncorrelated with reality. <laughs> uh, but what it did was impress upon that fund the level of granularity in the thinking of that CEO. Uh, and that was the important thing. So you look for someone who knows their market, very detail-oriented, knows their market, but at the same at the same time is sort of a big personality. Someone that doesn't have these traits,
0: less likely to be a good CEO. I get the impression, and maybe this is a little bit unfair, that for a long time, maybe about 10 years ago, venture capital, particularly in Europe, was basically a consumer internet play. You know, the Pokemon go of venture capital. Um, with developments like AI, are we looking at more of a, deep tech play going forward do you think this is one of my pet peeves right i i have i
1: i i think that european innovation i think that european innovation in general has been largely application innovation Uh, that's probably a better way of 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 referring to it than 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 right internet yeah Uh, yes there has there has been a lot of internet development but even if we look at what is classified as deep tech in europe the vast majority of startups are building applications on stuff that other people, on technologies that other people created. Mm. Uh, you see a lot of innovation, a lot of technological innovation in big companies in Europe. So, you know, uh, as you might know, I've, I've lived for a long time in Germany. Uh, companies like Siemens, for example, are incredibly innovative. Uh, but uh, you don't see what is very prevalent in Israel which is a large number of startups that are creating very basic technologies, bringing them to market and exiting based on these basic technologies in areas like cyber or quantum or semiconductors or, or even software infrastructure. Uh, Europe is, is woefully uh, short on these categories. Uh, it needs to change. It needs to change and the role of the sovereign and the regulator here is to is to to help drive this change. Uh, I, I'm, I'm you know jumping to, to another point or a question that you didn't ask. Me. No, no. Uh, but uh, you know, the importance of governments in in venture capital is often misplaced, uh, or or, or the, the the power that they can bring to bear is, of, is often misplaced. What the government should do is help solve inefficiencies, help solve problems, not uh, scale and bolster what is already working. Uh, When, uh, talk about the UK, when the British Business Bank is allocating funds to a fund, uh, it should uh, try to to affect what that fund does uh, in a way that is uh, good for the long-term planning of the British economy. Uh, If it doesn't do that, then it is not a strategic tool. Uh, It's not the government's role to help me make money. It's the government's role to help push forward the UK economy and, and, and set it up for success uh, for the next few decades. Um, and it would only be able to do that if it has an impact on where these funds are allocated. Uh, governments don't do that as much. Uh, They're more you know, generalists uh, mm. adopting a, a somewhat less fair uh, approach. Uh, allocating uh, capital to to funds and letting the funds make decisions, and here I think the governments need to be a bit more strategic. Uh, you're asking me, or, or when we spoke before the uh, before the recording, we spoke about uh, AI in the UK, and of course, in, in light of the of the of the Prime Minister, uh, Bletchley Park summit uh, on AI, uh, you know, very important that the UK is taking AI so seriously. Very important that it's looking at the ethical. Sides of AI, uh, what it should be doing more of is impacting uh, where investment money goes to, uh, and that would be a practical way of of really uh, embedding the cultural values that that we think are important, that we as Westerners think are important. Uh, in uh, and, and that's you know largely the topic of the conference, right? Having responsible AI, safe AI. If you by uh, uh, by 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 carefully directing. Government investing investments, you can, you can achieve two goals. You can, A, embed what is important for your society into technological development. And B, and more importantly, you can push technological development and push development of the economy subsequently into a direction which is beneficial for the country. Mm. Uh, the downside of it is, of course, that governments are not very good at doing either. So, you know, when they start intervening, sometimes they're
0: they're too heavy-handed, and that ends up achieving exactly the opposite result. Well, this is what's been running through my head as you've been speaking. I'm, I'm on the one hand, I'm kind of convinced. I guess my, my follow up question, therefore, is where should Britain, the British government, be trying to direct the money? That's another one of my pet peeves. <laughs> if you look at the
1: '80s and '90s, Britain was a massive success in semiconductors. Uh, A lot of uh, semiconductor fabrication plants, very sophisticated things. What that did was help proliferate the impact of tech to other parts of Britain. Uh, Tech should not be a London phenomenon and it is too much of a London phenomenon right now. You want people in Manchester and Liverpool and Bristol Mm. uh, and, and, and in places that are further from London uh, to 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 benefit from uh, access to higher paying jobs, uh, to benefit from uh, access to technology, and more than anything, when you look at it uh, as a country, you have to assume that your talent is spread evenly across the country. Uh, so you're not harnessing a vast uh, vast majority of your talent when you are restricting tech to to London. Hmm. Now why? are semiconductors and uh, in general, things that are more capital heavy, more uh, important in this respect, because it lets you train a huge number of people uh, in technology and then creates, and then these people create, create startups afterwards, a generation afterwards. Uh, sometimes there's going, there's going to be some creative destruction when a company is shut down and, and you know, people start forming startups, It, it proliferates the it proliferates the tech economy. Again, Israel is, is a much, much smaller country than the UK, uh, so it's hard to draw parallels. But if you look at, at, uh, at, the, at the proliferation of, uh, of uh, semiconductor fabrication plants in Israel, uh, which has been uh, basically uh, pushed by the government into the south of Israel, which is traditionally a, a less affluent area, uh, this has had a, a major and, and very deep impact on that region. Mm. In in all walks of life, uh, even you know, even when we're, uh, I don't want to digress to to politics, but even if you're when you're talking about the integration of, of of Israeli Arabs or or Arab and Jewish populations in Israel, this had an impact because it moved the factory to an area which was uh, more uh, equally populated by 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 uh, by Jews and Arabs. So it, it it even assisted in 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 that goal yeah. in in a in a goal that has nothing to do with the proliferation of tech. Uh, you can think about social equality you can think about uh, especially you know when when you're trying to draw parallels to the uk uh and 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 huge salary gaps between
0: uh, mm. between london and other places in the uk the, the the problem is i think i i don't doubt at all that israel has been hugely successful here, but i just wonder whether there is a problem of scale the eu does try to do, tries to do precisely this they try to foster a venture capital ecosystem in latvia and in you know, in, in Athens, and they're trying to do it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's been, I think, pretty unsuccessful because everything's concentrated in Berlin and London. And, and it's just, I think maybe you can do it in a kind of a small, cohesive region. But when you get to a certain size, and maybe, I don't know where that size is, it's probably smaller than Britain. Mm. It becomes difficult. But that's why I'm talking about manufacturing. Uh, I'm talking about things that are on the periphery of tech. I'm not talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you, you, you are right that talented people usually congregate, and and there is sort of an un, uh, sort of untrivial uh, uh, correlation between uh, certain cities and and tech hubs, and 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 that and that will probably continue. I, I, what I what I what I mentioned was or what I I meant sorry was that um, when you uh, build plants, when you build highly technological fabrication plants or, or anything that, that requires a large number of employees, you are creating a generation of tech savvy people. Sure. That generation will then go on and create startups. Whether these startups will be created in Bristol or in London later, I I don't know, but, but, uh, uh, but there would be more people from these areas that can, uh, that have access to technology, understand technology and can create companies. And, and I think this is, this is. Uh, you know if 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 you had to pick one area which i I, I think governments in general, not just the british government, should be uh, should be concerned about and should be should be active in it's that. It's making sure that the impact of tech and the proliferation of the financial success and uh, that tech has uh, would would get to f- hmm. sort of further reaches of 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 the country again, uh I mentioned semiconductors. Looking at Germany, uh, Germany is now investing forty billion euros into building semiconductor plants in Eastern Germany, uh, traditionally poor area, traditionally less uh, less educated, less affluent, uh, less connected to Western values. All of these things
0: are going to be disrupted now. The the silicon uh, manufacturing is that an example though? So, for example, can we translate this over to? To AI, is it manufacturing, or is it more like the foundational technologies we were talking about at the beginning? But if a if a policymaker needs to think about this in more abstract terms, what what are those terms? That they no, should- in,
1: in 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 this specific example, it, it it's of course manufacturing. It's not the it it's not it's not technological development. What I'm counting on is, is that the second generation of people or the third generation
0: of people. Uh, will will create right and and you and it's manufacturing because that's what brings together a large number of people. Correct. Oh right, and trains them.
1: That, that's that's right. the issue. That's that's yeah. uh, again when you talk about the proliferation of tech. If you take, uh, I'm trying to remember, furthest town in Britain that I've been to, uh, Inverness.
0: Oh right, uh, yeah, that
1: is far. <laughs> and 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 you you allocate venture capital to Inverness. The likelihood that this will have a positive effect is limited. If you make an infrastructure investment in, in Inverness, oh. you train a very large number of people and then you expect these people in you know, a decade, maybe later, to, to come up with their own creative ideas. I think that that's a much, much more...
0: Um, that has a higher chance of success. Okay. So you've convinced me in principle. Now we have the little problem that in practice politicians probably won't take your advice on this and they will if they have the opportunity to direct investment strategically they put it into some political pet project like you know some tenuous net zero you know technology development i mean yeah i guess it's a balance it's how much can you trust the politicians to do the right things if you give them the power again you know i'm I'm drawing a lot of parallels to germany i mentioned before that i lived in germany for many years and i i'm
1: Full of appreciation to the way the German government has been managing its, 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 uh, its um, influence on tech. Uh, one of the things it did very well was to create public private partnerships. Uh, the seed fund uh, that is uh, at least partially owned by the German government, uh, HDGF, uh, is a public private partnership. Uh, private companies are providing most of the capital uh, and uh, are, are influencing. Uh, where that capital is deployed. Uh, so you're you're mitigating the risk of having, uh, you know, sort of irrelevant political considerations with
0: by by creating a public-private partnership. And, and again, this is something that Britain could do. Um, so going back to the investment world and the general opportunities and deal flow, we've spoken about AI. Uh, are there any other large themes that you're looking at that excite you? Certainly. A theme that has been very
1: important uh, or or you know discussed substantially in the last few years uh, is uh, augmented reality and its effect on 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 again, its effect on on daily life and every walk of life from you know, I mentioned medical applications before before like surgery, uh, but uh, going uh, to to uh, office and uh, you know basically every application that we have. So that's something that I'm very excited about. Uh, I have one substantial investment in that field that uh, in in Britain. Uh, that that uh, that I'm very excited about. Uh, I'm very excited about uh, the proliferation of um, computing and uh, software into SMBs. Uh, I think that uh, many business processes in SMB, uh, in small and medium businesses, sorry, have uh, have not been uh, have not benefited as widely from computers as they could have. Uh, but then, lastly. The thing that I'm most excited about, and, and is far away and, you know, is, is perhaps not a good venture category for now, but, but you know, would become one, is, is, uh, is the quantum leap uh, in computing into, <laughs> into quantum. Uh, that is a complete paradigm shift, and I, I, I don't think I or most other investors can, can imagine the impact that this would have on our lives. And anything from finance, banking, cryptography, communications, everything we do will be disrupted. If this revolution is successful or when it is successful, computing will just look completely differently. Everything we do, the way we interact with computers will become different. Uh, the the amount of data that computers can process will become different. The way they interact with us will become different. Uh, the way we think about secrecy will become different. You know, what we think about privacy will
0: become different. So mm-hmm. it, it will really be a fundamental change. And I, I, I can't imagine to begin what it would look like. Oh, good, because nor can I when you said it, yeah. it will all look different. Because for me, I mean, I, I feel like I've been reading about quantum computing in The Economist for 25 years. Um, and you'll probably read for yeah. another 25 years before we see it but, uh, but does, and it, to me it just means well we have incredibly powerful computers and they will be incredibly more powerful but I can't see beyond
1: yeah that but you know uh,
0: uh, uh, power is everything at the end of the day think about um,
1: something as trivial as passwords what is the use of passwords when the computer can crack your password in a fraction of a second uh, how do you encrypt your financial data how do you keep your privacy uh, but but this is just this is just this is just a, is just a s- sort of simple to understand yeah, and, and yeah, uh, yeah, application. But but think about we mentioned medical technology before. Think about the vast amount of data that you have to process in order to make decisions. And what if you can process and cross reference uh, your uh, diagnosis as a patient uh, with in a fraction of a second with the whole database of of medical of medical knowledge that is out there. How would that make uh, decision-making uh, different? Uh, decisions could, uh, could, be, could be arrived to a lot, uh, a lot quicker, a lot more efficient, and, and, and the decisions that the medical staff makes would be, uh, would be a lot more effective. Mm. Uh, think about things like high-friction trading. You have to analyze massive amounts of data in order to make decisions. It would make algorithmic trading. It would uh, uh, remove the human advantage in algorithmic trading. So it makes the it would level the playing field. Uh, it would make the way the stock market behaves completely different. And, and and you know we've been we've been trading stocks and 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 bonds same way since 16th century. Uh, this this might be, and and this is the way we trade is is largely based on information gaps between the traders, right? And Un, you no know, uneven information, uneven expectations. That could all change, and that could you know, render entire markets ineffective. So I I, I really don't know what, what the world would look like. Uh, think about self-driving cars. Again, uh, uh, making a good decision is a factor of the amount of data that you can process and the speed you can process that data in. Uh, undoubtedly, uh, computers are... Betting, better at making deterministic decisions than humans, right? They're not good at making judgment calls, but they're very good at making deterministic decisions. Although with AI, presumably they're
0: getting better at making They're them. getting better at
1: it. And then add quantum to it, you can make the models so much more complex yeah. that they would really mimic the human brain. Yeah. So, and and you, can, you can go on and on and on and on. Basically, the combination of processing power and memory mm. is everything. You, your sole advantage over a computer today is that you have more memory you have a more flexible computing power. So you're better at doing a lot of things. You're not good at doing specific things. Mm. You're not good at multiplying matrices, for example. You're very good at uh, uh, making logical deductions. Mm. Uh, if, we can, if we can... I also have a body. Yeah, but I'm not sure that's an advantage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that carries a lot of... You know, yeah. No, but... Uh, but I'm, I'm referring only to brain power now. So I'm, okay. I'm, 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 I'm saying that uh, it would make a computer closer
0: to yeah. what we are. Yeah. And this is where people start start to get a bit worried, you know, because it does <coughs> sound a bit scary. I was thinking about this on the drive over, actually. Mm. And I was thinking, well, why weren't people worried about the internet in the same way as they're worried about AI? Because clearly the internet has has had a hugely destructive as well as constructive role in in society and um, we never really spoke about it we just saw the opportunity yeah. now we're very conscious of the ai threat maybe because of all the sci-fi movies and not so conscious of the opportunity i would say i think that here you know i'm going to make a somewhat controversial statement go on
1: i i think that uh, the west is too consumed with um, whether we should do things and not with whether we're capable of doing them. The reason I'm saying the West is because we are forgetting we're the minority of people that live on this planet. And frankly, if we don't do certain things, other people will. And then they will have an advantage over us. Uh, Anything that can be done will be done. Mm. If we don't do it, China will do it. If we don't do it, Russia will do it. If we don't do it, someone else is going to do it. Uh, and we are eroding our competitive advantage by hamstringing ourselves with, uh, with, uh, uh, with these considerations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is not to say that ethical considerations don't have a place. They do, but uh, they need to always bear in mind that someone else will do what, uh, yeah. what, you, what, you, what you don't want to do. Uh, so it's is, not whether we should do it, it's how we should go about doing it. That we should be It's which of. controls we should have in place yeah. and how we should go about it and not whether we should do it. Yeah. I think we should do anything that the technology is allowing us to do mm. because
0: otherwise, you know... That makes complete sense. Yeah. What are you going to do? Not invent the nuclear bomb? Yeah, exactly. Or invent it and then make sure that it's never used? That the other side doesn't have it or, yeah, it, or whatever. You, have, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, you know, you try
0: to prevent proliferation.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, which American president said that the uh, foreign policy is speaking softly and holding a big stick, Roosevelt. Oh, uh, yeah, so you you need to speak softly and hold a big stick. And if you yeah, don't hold the yeah. stick, then, you know, someone's going to hold the stick over your head.
0: Um, can we talk about, I mean, your company is called Target Global. Yes. Can we talk about geographies? We have spoken about the UK and yeah. Israel, Germany, you're a fan of the policy there. Are there other bench, regions where venture capital, growth capital is interesting? So you know one of the things that we've tried to do
1: is explore other regions and uh, where we have seen quite a bit of success and i'm i'm, I'm very keen on on doing more in these regions uh, is africa uh, the arab world uh, i think both of these regions uh, have a lot of characteristics that make it that make them interesting for technology uh, in the case of africa you know we we are uh, shareholders in uh, biggest digital bank in Africa today called CUDA. Uh, Not many people know what is the population of Nigeria, Uh, but uh, Nigeria is two-thirds. It's it's, it's almost as big as Europe, right? So it's uh, it's an unbelievable market and very young.
0: Apparently it's going to be more populous than America in about 20 years or something. It's unbelievable. And mobile first and young. And so
1: you've got got all of the, and lack of infrastructure. So you've got so Mm. many things going for this region. It's, it's, again, you know, speaking about the proliferation of tech and the proliferation of startups, this is our mission. This is our mission as a world. Uh, I, I am a huge believer in, in generally, in humanity and, and in, in, in the fact that uh, everyone should have the same opportunities. Uh, a lot of the political strife that we're seeing and the violence that we're seeing in the world is tied to economic disparity. Uh, it's it's impossible to have a lasting peace with economic disparity and with educational disparity. So it's our duty to do these things. Now, you speak about regions with a massive number of young people. You know, we didn't speak about the immigration into Europe, uh, which is, uh, in my mind, the only way the continent will survive long term. Uh, so uh, 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 the proliferation of technology, the proliferation of knowledge, the proliferation of of affluence uh, is 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 if if we if we want to live and we want our culture to live, these are things that from a very self-serving point of view, we should we should be keen on and we should engage in. and and that's why I'm so excited about the investments in these regions. They're woefully short on investments, uh, especially in Africa. Uh, and 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 all the characteristics that make investments uh, successful. Is this uh,
0: hypothetical? Is something you're looking at? No, no, no. Investing? We have
1: done quite a few investments in so, Nigeria. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've done investments in the UAE. We've done investments in Saudi. Uh, again, you know, different 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 drivers in the Arab world, but also uh, very distinct needs that, that that the Arab market has. Uh, a lot of young people uh, in some countries. Uh, uh, large segment of the population that prefers to work from home. Uh, so, for a variety of reasons. So, uh, uh, so many things going for that region. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of educated people. Uh, and again, uh, think about the unrest that the world has experienced from that region. Uh, the only way to mitigate this and to fix this in the long term is, is by proliferation
0: of education and economic infl- uh, affluence. Yeah. Um, strange time at the moment for doing deals. Have you, like everyone else slowed down your rate of investments? We have. uh, We have. We are more picky.
1: We are seeing a lot of competition in later stages uh, because the number of companies companies has uh, decreased a little bit. Um, Valuations have decreased, and a lot of players uh, came into that market. What's probably more telling is if we look at earlier stages, uh, and there we are seeing, uh, we're seeing less, uh, less money flowing into the market. Uh, and I think that, you know, if, 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 if this trend continues, uh, we will have sparse vintages in 2024, 2025, probably, you know, uh, 2026 and beyond, uh, because it will take these startups three years to get to a more advanced stage, uh, but 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 yes, everyone slowed down. Everyone became a bit more careful about valuations, hmm. uh, and 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 this indeed affects the industry. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, we just had our investor day on Monday, and uh, we had a, a really great presentation from the head of capital markets at uh, J.P. Morgan as the opening. Keynote, and she said, and she showed data about the resurgence of IPOs, the resurgence of tech. So, so again, this is a cyclical phenomena, and and I think that long term, we will see a return to normality. And and and, and, and this, you know, this, I I don't see this as having a lasting effect on the industry. I think that you know, we are going to see some heartbreaks, uh, mm-hmm. but that's how it is.
0: Yaron, thanks so much for sparing your time for FunCheck. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me you've been listening to the Fun Shack Podcast. In the past 30 days, we've had nearly 1,800 downloads on Apple Podcasts alone. That doesn't include our other channels. But we have had zero ratings and reviews in that time. I know you're all super busy, but it would literally make all the difference to us if you could go on right now, leave a rating and a review and click that follow button. Thanks so much for listening.